0: Tonight is study number 24 of Revelation chapter 16. And we're going to be reading Revelation 16, verses 19 through 21. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away. And the mountains were not found, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now isn't it interesting that as we read the Bible uh, in the book of Revelation and and we come across um, these passages that... They clearly identify with Judgment Day that God continually associates Babylon with Judgment Day. We saw this back in Revelation 14. Remember in verse 8 it said, And there followed another angel saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And then, In that context, verse 10, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, and so forth. It it is, without any question, a language that speaks of the final judgment of the world. And, again, it begins with Babylon is fallen. Babylon is fallen. And now here, too, in Revelation 16, with the seven cups of the seven last vials full of the wrath of God. And the seventh vial is poured out. And and uh, the language of Revelation 16 again and again uh, identifies with the judgment of the world. Not the judgment on the church, but the judgment on the world. And then God, in concluding the description of the world's judgment says the great city was divided into three parts and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon came in remembrance before God. So in Revelation 14, we're um, reminded of Babylon in the context of Judgment Day. Here in Revelation 16, we're reminded of Babylon in the context of Judgment Day. Remember what we saw back in the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah Chapter 13, it said in verse 1, the burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. And, and then as we continue to read concerning the burden of Babylon, what do we read? Well, verse 9, behold, the day of Jehovah cometh, cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof, thereof out of it, for the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened in his going forth, and the moon shall not cause their light to shine. And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. The burden of Babylon. And uh, it, it's just really um, overwhelming evidence that the judgment upon Babylon is the judgment of this world, and and even the type and figure of the historical seventy-year judgment upon Judah, as God used Babylon, typifying the Great Tribulation, in the completion of the seventy years, or pointing to the completion of the Great Tribulation, Babylon falls. It's Judgment Day, and that's what we have here. Well, uh, we we saw that. Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine and the fierceness of his wrath. And that cup, uh, as we've looked at biblical examples, points to a spiritual judgment. As Christ drank of the cup of the wine of the wrath of God in the Garden of Gethsemane, as the church drank of the cup, and as the Lord brought judgment uh, beginning at the house of God, the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And now the day of transition was the end of the Great Tribulation, May 21, 2011, and a, a, a similar judgment, a spiritual judgment on the world as the same cup of wrath is given to them. Well, it goes on to say in verse 20, And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And we, we wonder, well, what uh, what could this mean? Now, just to look at a verse um, that can help us see the spiritual meaning of this or or to help us understand that this is a spiritual reference and not a literal, let's turn to Job chapter 9, Job 9, and I think it's verse 5 in Job 9. It says, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in his anger, which shaketh the earth out of her place and the pillars thereof tremble. Now how can God remove mountains and they know not, except unless he did it spiritually. And mountains in the Bible typify kingdoms. They, they represent uh the the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of God even. And and so for every island to flee away and the mountains were not found, we we know that the Bible speaks of judgment upon the kingdom of Satan or the kingdoms of this world. Um, this is saying the same thing that we saw back in Revelation chapter six, as it says in Um, verse 14 and 15, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? So we see here in this um, passage that the heaven departed as a scroll, and the scroll points to the word of God as it was written upon scrolls originally. And and, uh, to roll up a scroll means to close the book so you cannot read it. And so the Bible was written, and it was unraveled or unrolled. And in that sense, God placed the spiritual lights of the gospel through the declaration of his word, the Bible, into the spiritual heavens. But when it comes time for the end, for Judgment Day, for the end of his salvation program, it's as though he rolls up that scroll. And the lights go out. The sun is darkened. The moon does not give her light and the stars fall. The, the Bible is no longer shining forth brightly, brilliantly with the light of the gospel unto salvation. And, and that's the picture here. And when that happens, every mountain and island are moved out of their places. Now the island in the Bible, or isles, as they're sometimes called, represent the continents. As we have seven continents, and, and they're all islands. And they're very large islands, but they're islands. And so God speaks of every island to represent all the land masses, the continents of the world, which in turn would Uh, figure all of men or all of mankind because, uh, people live on the islands. They live on the continents. And this is why in Psalm 97 it says in verse 1, Jehovah reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Now of course the island uh masses, the the ground, the earth cannot be glad, the earth cannot rejoice, but people that live on the earth, that live on the isles, and and uh, this would be synonymous, the earth with the isles, uh, they are the ones commanded by God to rejoice and to be glad. And that's who he's speaking of. In Psalm forty six we read in the first couple of verses God is our refuge and strength of every present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea? And we can find the spiritual meaning to this, or get a little bit more definition of what God is saying, if we go down to uh, verse 6 of Psalm 46 where it says the heathen, or the nations, raged. And the word raged is the same word as roar that's found in verse 3. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. So the mountains were carried into the midst of the sea. The kingdoms were moved. It is indicating the kingdom of Satan... The kingdom of all the kingdoms, all the nations of this world, of all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth are moved in the sense that the mountain is carried into the sea. And when that happens, that's a figure of speech to represent coming under the wrath of God. God is actively judging all of the people within the kingdom of darkness, within Satan's kingdom. And, and that's why every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. It, it's speaking of the same thing. The people of the earth, all of the unsaved people of the world that are in darkness, they are a part of these kingdoms as the, the kingdom, the entire kingdom of Satan now is being judged. It is judgment day. And, and so that's the figure that God is using. And then he says in verse 21 of Revelation 16, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great and this is just continuing it's almost relentless in in its concentration in the lord's focus upon his wrath his furious anger the language of punishing the unsaved it it, it just keeps coming in the book of revelation in these chapters since Um, Well, uh, it's been sprinkled throughout, but especially once we reach Revelation 14 and Revelation 15 and now Revelation 16. It's just one verse after the other verse that God is telling us the same thing. Mankind has offended him. They have transgressed his law. They are guilty. The day of reckoning. The day of God's vengeance has come and it is time for the law of God to demand satisfaction for the violations against it. And, and, and so God has determined to punish every unsaved individuals. And hail is one of the methods that God reveals in the Bible uh, as a, an expression of his anger. And, of course, we're familiar with hail from the historical account in the book of Exodus when God brought the judgment upon Egypt. We read in Exodus chapter 9, beginning in verse 22, And Jehovah said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and Jehovah sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground. And Jehovah rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt, since it became a nation." And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field and brake every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. And so the hail was a very destructive force that the Lord sent to further destroy Egypt and and further destroy the kingdom of pharaoh because pharaoh would not let the people go and this hail served to destroy the herbs of the field and and the trees of the field it it helped to destroy their fruit and and uh, that's the picture of course and many of these judgments the judgment of the darkened sun or the judgment of the water turned to blood, uh, it relates to uh, the judgment of the removal of God's Holy Spirit, the removal of the possibility of salvation from the world. and And so, too, the hail accomplishes the destruction of the fruit. And so, if there's no fruit, the picture is... There is no salvation. And and that's one of the things that God is pointing to. Now, as we we read verse 21, it says again, And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. And we wonder, why does God tell us that? Why does he give us the weight of the hail? That it's like a, a talent, the weight of a talent, and when we look in the Bible, and we try to find related information, we try to find where else God speaks of the weight of a talent. We do find some curious things. Uh, for one, uh, in Second Samuel chapter twelve, we we find this kind of language. Second Samuel 12, beginning in verse 29, it says, And David gathered all the people together, and went to Rabbah, and fought against it, and took it. And he took their king's crown from off his head, the weight whereof was a talent of gold, with the precious stones. And it was set on David's head, and he brought forth the spoil of the city in great abundance, and he brought forth the people that were therein, and put them under saws, and under harrows of iron, and under axes of iron, and made them pass through the brick kiln, and thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem, and and here the crown that was upon uh, the the king's head that David took. Weighed a talent of gold. And then uh, David puts on the crown, and he is the conquering king. He is the ruler, and notice how he is ruling over the people as he uh, puts them under soles and harrows of iron and under axes of iron. It's very similar to the idea of Christ ruling with a rod of iron, as we know that he's doing uh, in this day of judgment. As he conquered Satan and is ruling over all that Satan previously ruled over, yet not a benevolent rule, but a rule of punishing the subjects that are, that are under him that have been conquered. It is the ruling with a rod of iron. Well, also we find in uh, the book of Exodus, in Exodus 25, Language that relates to the talent. In verse 31, it says, And thou shalt make a candlestick of pure gold. Of beaten work shall the candlestick be made. His shaft and his branches, his bowls, his knobs and his flowers shall be of the same. And then uh, let's go down to verse 37. And thou shalt make the seven lamps thereof, and they shall light the lamps thereof. That they may give light over against it, and the tongs thereof, and the snuff dishes thereof, shall be of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold shall he make it with all these vessels. And and so the candlestick is said to be a talent of pure gold, or the weight of a talent. Just as the crown was upon the king's head. Now I, I haven't been able to find um, too much else that I noticed that is said to weigh a talent, the weight of a talent. And and so we have a crown and the candlestick, and we know that the crown relates to being a king, and the candlestick ties into the light of the gospel, or the light of the word of God. and And, and so we can definitely see how it points to Christ, Judging the world with his word, the Bible, and the Bible is the word of God, is bringing judgment upon mankind, that it is a spiritual judgment, and the judgment is being declared, brought forth through the righteous revelation of God as he opens up his word in the day of wrath to reveal these things. And we we also know that God does, um, at times, relate hail to his word. Um, for instance, in Psalm 148, it says in verse 8, Psalm 148, 8, Fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling his word. So these uh, elements... As they're sent forth, fulfill the word of god and and so too God indicates that the hail weighs about the weight of a talent it's um I think a reference to help us understand that this is coming as a result of the Lord Jesus Christ who has conquered Satan in the day of judgment he has taken his crown he has put all of satan's subjects under the iron as he now rules with a rod of iron over all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth and and the hail uh is uh, is a picture it's an illustration of that which fulfills God's word and and then it goes on to say at the end of the verse amen blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great. And again, the word, the Greek word, translated as blaspheme, means to speak evil of. And and as people hear the the information coming forth from the Bible, as they hear May 21, 2011 was Judgment Day, as they hear the door was shut, that the, the light of the gospel is out, As they hear, there is no more salvation. God has completed. He's ended his salvation program. They speak evil of these things. They speak evil of the doctrine of God, of the word that is coming forth in judgment upon them. This is the judgment of God written. and, And the saints of God, the true believers, execute that which is written. By sharing these things, and it could be that as we share them, that we are spoken evil of, but it's for the word's sake. And, and ultimately, God is the one who uh, is the target, and his word is the target. It's not us. And, and so it, it's typical, as we've seen in uh, previous verses in Revelation, in the context of Judgment Day, that men blaspheme God. They speak evil of God. And and same here, again, this identifies with May 21 and all the time thereafter, as we are living in that time period now, that men speak evil of God because of the plague of the hail. And again, the hail points to the word, the, the word of God. It, it's related to the candlestick and to Christ being uh, Lord and King over all since he has been triumphant in the day of judgment. And and this is the reason that they're blaspheming God, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. And there's been a, an enormous emphasis upon great in these verses. I'd go back to verse 18. And there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake, and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts. And great Babylon came in remembrance before God. And and uh, verse 21, there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Everything is magus. It is great. It is amplified. And it is a huge thing. This isn't um, the typical normal judgment that God has brought upon men all through history. It's not the judgment even in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fell into sin and God judged them and they died spiritually. It's not the judgment that men have experienced all throughout time as they have died in their sins and ceased to be. And and they are no more, and that was a real judgment upon them. But this is the final official judgment of God. It is the judgment upon all of uh, the rebels, upon the whole kingdom of Satan. It it is the judgment upon Satan himself and the fallen angels. It is the judgment upon every unsaved individual living and every unsaved individual that has died throughout all history, as at the completion of this judgment, even their bones or, or dust or whatever left of them will be burned up and destroyed forevermore. It's a judgment upon men in which the world will finally be taken from them, and the world itself will be destroyed, where all the contamination and all the corruption that the whole universe has experienced through sin will ultimately on that last day be completely annihilated and every unsaved person along with it. That is a great judgment. It is an exceeding great judgment that God is bringing to pass at this time.